party fell. And we're live here on Facebook. I'd like to welcome those listening in podcast land, as well as uh, my buddy Rich. How you doing, Rich? I'm doing good, Mike. And also welcome to those watching us on YouTube at their own convenience. Wherever yeah. you're listening or watching us, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, so you can know when we go live uh, or when uh, future episodes get posted. Yeah. So, Rich, uh, how's your week been? Um, not too bad. Putting in some extra hours at work. I've um, picked up a new task uh, within the office, which is nice. And, and it's uh, been fair week up here. So, yeah. Um, so, Locust Street's kind of busy this time of year where we're at with uh, being near the fairgrounds but we have um, got a chance to do hear the fireworks that uh, that they put on after the grandstand uh, act is complete as Did well as uh, hear a little bit hear a little bit of the uh, um, of who's performing if I go if I uh, step out onto the porch the front porch haven't been really any acts that I've wanted to you didn't want to see Flowrider? Not really. I'm sorry, Flowrider. Flowrider and Nelly. Yeah. We're, uh, we're Wednesday night. I didn't really hear much of their stuff. I got uh, they had Kid Rock, um, Kid Rock going really loud on a Tuesday night. Yeah, I uh, I saw some stuff with Kid Rock and some of the stuff he said, and people were upset about it. But that's not what we're here to talk about. No, no, it's been right. So, Mike, uh, it's corn days. Sweet corn days, yeah. Sweet corn days this weekend up where you're at. Any plans to uh, go to the sweet corn days? We're going to the parade tomorrow, and then we'll be, uh, that's why we're doing the show tonight. And then after the parade, uh, we'll get our free sweet corn and uh, probably eat food trucks for lunch. Nice. So, yeah, they get like a half dozen or so food trucks. So... So does Sweet Corn Days bring in those that tourist crowd that's living out by Spirit Lake, Spirit Lake, and um, and the Ojibwe and the Ogaboji area? Now, or is it mainly people from the surrounding area that don't border the lakes? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. It's mostly okay. our town, um, but you you get occasional. You get some tourists that come in and uh and come visit but we're the temporary residents yeah we were hoping to have some friends up for it but uh you know they were they they needed uh some time at home this weekend yeah sorry we thought about it i know one of these years you'll have to get up here for sweet corn days so rich we got a big show to talk about we got lots of news this week uh, from the NFL, um, and uh, we're gonna we have our preview to talk about, plus uh, the death of a legend. Two uh, legends, actually. Mike. Y- that's true. Yes, two legends. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll be talking NASCAR as well as uh, Cubs baseball, and a little bit about the trade deadline as that happened uh, in between shows. But, Mike, all that and more, but what do we got to do first? We're going to roll that intro! Intro! 
Coming live from somewhere in Iowa, this is Balls and Sticks, the podcast, with your hosts, Mike and Rich. Okay, we're back. So, Rich, um, this week uh, we had our poll question go live. Which one did we have this week? We had our third place poll question go live. Yep. Cleveland Rocks, Hot Rod Lincoln, and Be Like Mike. All right. Um, Mike, while you're getting the results up, if you don't already have them up already, um, I went with Cleveland Rocks. Um, I've been at Jacobs Field, or Progressive Field is what they're calling it now. Got to hear Cleveland Rocks. And I also really like the Drew Carey show. So that's why I went with Cleveland Rocks. Who did what did you go with, Mike? Well, I went with something, but I think I'm going to change my vote. Okay. Yep, I changed my vote. Now we have a winner. Sure. Okay. Um, I I originally voted for Be Like Mike because All right. I've talked about the whole time that it, as a kid, everybody wanted to be like me. I didn't get it, but sure. Um, but no, honestly, I Drew Carey show gets me going for gets gets me going for that Cleveland Rock. So let's go, Drew Carey show. How many votes did we get this week, Mike? Seven votes. Seven. Okay. And what was the pick distrib- What was the vote distribution? Um, the real distribution or the after I changed my vote? Let's go with before you changed your vote. I got a feeling that you broke a tie, which is why you. Three for Cleveland Rocks. All right. One for Hot Rod Lincoln. Got it. Three for Be Like Mike. All right. Very well. So that's third place. So, Mike, um, I'll get this poll up later on uh, probably sometime tomorrow. First place, Go Cubs Go versus Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Yeah. Watch for that to go live around noon. So, Mike, do you see what's coming up next? Uh, is it a left turn? It is a left turn, Mike. And what's after that? Um, it might be another left turn, as uh, I believe we're heading into the NASCAR corner. Presented, as always, by Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated, Moline, Illinois. Check them out for all your sports memorabilia needs in person on Fifth Avenue in Moline or on their eBay store. Once again, that is Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated. Rich, last week, how'd our guys do? And let's talk about the race. Yeah, so last week was the Verizon 200 at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway's road course layout. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Reddick was your winner. Uh, my pick of Chase Sisko came in 23rd. Your pick of Chase Elliott came in 16th. Yep. Both were kind of involved in that, in a wreck that happened within the last 10 laps, was it, if I remember correctly? Yeah, it was It was within the last five laps, I thought. Okay, it was on a restart going, yep. into, that, going into that first turn after the restart zone. Both cars kind of got collected, and Chase Elliott was able to come between overtime and the restart. Came out higher than Chase Bisco. Yep. So, uh, 
uh, scary part of the race? Did you get to watch any of the race? Um, yeah, I believe we watched, I, I watched the last stage of the race. Yeah, I watched a lot of the race. Um, scary thing happened. Uh, apparently, uh, Kyle Larson, out of pure error, uh, from what we understand, um, wrecked his car. And, uh, yeah. Collected a driver in the process. Very violently collected another driver in the process. Um, yeah. So they, uh, they, they did clear everything that there was nothing mechanical that caused it. And it was revealed later on after the fact that it was driver error. Yeah. As he took the corner way too fast and that caused him to lose control. Yeah, he uh, he started sliding out, jumped the, the the rumble strips right into the passenger side door on, who was it? Um, was it Ty Dillon? It might have been. Um, Well, yeah, I mean, good on Kyle Larson to be to jump out of his car and and go over to uh, the driver to let him know, hey, if that was my error. Are you okay? You yeah, know, you're right, Ty Dillon. Okay, instead of having the initial reaction of what happened. Yeah, he. What uh, happened or? It yeah, it was bad. He man, uh, a wreck like that. As bad as that was, as bad as that was, uh, could have been much worse. Thank you. Thank the good Lord for the engineers and the better safety cars that we have. But, uh, man, I think you got to, I think there's got to be a penalty in that. Like, this wasn't just slight error. This was, he was going full force into that corner and just torpedoed into a guy. Mm-hmm. Do you think an accident like that could lead to them to go back to the oval layout at the Brickyard? No. They were, I think they were, I think I read somewhere where they were 20% up on ratings this year for that race. Well, that's what happens when you put the race on the main network and don't hide it on your cable network, though. Yeah, but even even still, it's the road course draws people. It's I think it's a good road course. I think it's they did it. They did it well. Uh, it was a stupid driver. I think he should get penalized for it, but. Um, so, so one thing I kind of asked my, my wife as we were watching the race, watching the race at the end of it is, is, is the win on the road course at Brickyard the same as winning the Brickyard 400 on the oval? No. There is there is so much history steeped in the Brickyard 400. This second race really was just a second race 
But for NASCAR, it's not a second race as they only come to the Brickyard once per year. Yeah. It isn't, it isn't like Charlotte where you run on the oval on one race and then you race on the Roval, the road course layout that they made for Charlotte for the second race. Yeah. Um, but it still doesn't have the history. The road course no. is... Honestly, I think the Daytona road course holds much more history and they should go back to the Daytona road course instead of the Indy road course. Because the Daytona road course has years, hundred like since it since it's since it's opened, they basically got a Le Mans race there early, and have been doing the twenty four hours of Daytona ever since. So you think instead of having two races on the Daytona, starting and ending the regular season on the Daytona Oval, one of those, the second race, should be on the road course layout. Yeah. Hmm. That road course is much more historic than any other road course. Road, oval road course in American rovals, as they call them. It just is. They actually, it's, it's something that they had before NASCAR decided they needed more road courses. what they've owned the cup series has only raced on it once yep and that was the pandemic year where they were scrambling to figure out all right how are we gonna yep safely put together a schedule now that we've had to take a break okay so this week we are going to the firekeepers casino 400 at michigan rich i am gonna take kevin harvick Kevin Harvick's a great pick, Mike, because he he does really well at the at the Michigan Speedway, and he needs a victory because he's below the cut line right now. Yep. Far down the cut line. Um, I'm going to go with the guy that also doesn't have a win this year, but he's at least above the cut line on points, and I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. I like that pick. Been strong most of the year, just hasn't been able to finish out. So uh, I, I like that pick. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's keep making left turns as we head out of the NASCAR corner. Presented as always by Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated, Moline, Illinois. Check them out at their eBay store or in person on Fifth Avenue, Moline. Once again, that's Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated. Okay, Rich, this week's this week the Cubs went. One and six show to show. Uh, that leaves them at a bismal twenty-one games under five hundred. Yeah, forty-two and sixty-three, and with that losing streak, they went from being third place in the division, which isn't really saying much, to last in the division. Yeah, fifteen games back of the division, fifteen and a half back of the wild card. And winning one game, we said they we were we estimated that they would win two games. Yeah, I mean that's not surprising. Yeah, it, it it's I think it's going to be a rough year. It's going to be a tough stretch the rest of the year. As Here's what you're going to see. Solid, even if we get a solid outing out of our starting pitcher, 
We got nobody in that bullpen anymore. That's true. And and we'll get to that. But this is what I want to talk about. All right. What the Cubs are doing. So so trade deadlines come and pass. We've sold off, traded, given away, whatever you want to say, uh, all these these bullpen guys and all the best bullpen guys because those are the only guys that people are wanting. Um, we got rid of them. Okay, that's fine. We weren't doing anything this year with them anyway. Most of them were on short contracts, so didn't even matter. But what this the rest of this year will allow, number one, they are going to be able to figure guys out. This is this is the time. Now that you're we're not eliminated, but we really aren't that close to being in the in contention in anything. But being in being where we're at, David Ross doesn't David Ross doesn't have to play anybody anywhere. He could say, "Oh, I want to try. Uh, I want to try Contreras at shortstop. <laughs> Probably the dumbest thing he could do. But let's see how he does out there. Let's see if it's better for his knees. Actually, let's take him, put him at third base. We're gonna put him at third base because his knees. He's been he's been squatting a little too long. Let's get let's let's get him out there." You can use Ian Happ anywhere you want him. By the way, uh, I also 100% buy in that uh, Hayward should be in the lineup every single day, either earning his, his his stupid contract or being booed because of his stupid contract. Either way, I don't care. You know, I was thinking the same thing. Let the fans boo him. Why don't we get booed out there every single time he trots out after grounding into an inning-killing double play or soft ground out or a pop-up? Yeah. Or a routine pop-out. I don't care Let anymore. Let him be out there. Get him out there every day. Get our money's worth. Because right now, sitting on the bench, he's getting paid, I think it's $25 million this year, isn't it? Something like that. To play we. Or to play with this switch in the uh, in the dugout. To play Candy Crush on his phone. I don't know. Whatever he's doing. He's not getting paid. He's not getting that back. He's not getting paid to play baseball at all. Get him out there every day. Yeah. If you got a guy that you want to try out in right field, put him in center. You got a guy you want. You got a guy that you want in right and center. Put him in left. You got a, you got three outfielders you want to be out there. Okay, put him in shortstop. Make him run around. The, make him run around out there. I don't care. He he owes us at bats, and he owes us gold gloves. And sitting in the dugout, he's getting none of it. I'm sick of it. Put him out there every day. We're not winning. What's it matter if he's out there? The next yeah, step. I, go ahead. We have a lot of great prospects. We can send. There's some of our guys we can send down for a week or two in in Iowa, and actually some of our some of our starters deserve to be down in Iowa anyway. T- 
tell me I'm wrong. They're not playing great. Send them down. Wilson Contreras is the only guy really hitting well in this in the last seven games. Only guy that's hit well this, these last seven games. But the rest of the way, Mike, it, it's about evaluating the talent that you have on the big league roster. That's, you're evaluating that. the talent on the big league roster, and you're evalu- you get to evaluate the guys that are getting ready to be on the big re- league roster. Because we've already seen enough out of some of these guys already. Most of the guys that are on the big league roster have been on the big league roster since day one this season. We didn't trade anybody. So why wouldn't we take and and use see use the time to see what our prospects look like? By the way, you get those guys to play two or three games and look hot. What's that do for you in the off season? You get your you get your prospects up here and make them look like they know what they're doing. There's no reason why you couldn't you can't trade them off, or you can't trade your starting rotate your starting lineup off. But on the flip side of that, if they're overmatched, that could mess with their confidence. Even yep. If they're just up for a series. Yeah. To see to see what they got to see if they can. So you start him out they with a series against the Clark, like they had with Christopher Morrell early on, and now he's kind of come back to earth. You, but he's at least stuck with the team. Yeah, but you you bring him in when you're facing the Pirates. You bring him in when you're facing the Reds. Teams that aren't that much better than us, but I, I just I don't see why. Like that that's what I see the rest of the season as. Let's see what our prospects look like. Let's see what our our starting lineup is actually looking like right now. Because right now, they look like crap. See if we can find some team cohesion. This is where I think we are right now. Yeah, from from a position player standpoint, right now, it's it's giving as much playing time as you can. Maybe even to players if they're if they're kind of like 4A players. Yeah. They're too good for AAA, but not good enough for the majors. Yeah. And I think a lot of our our prospects are those guys. They're yeah, the tra- I mean, tri- AAA team guys, but... Yeah, I mean, they found that type of guy in Frank Swindell. But 100%. They're not, they're not getting the type of production maybe that they had expected when he stepped in and took over for Rizzo once he went out to the, to uh, New York. Yeah. So, I mean, but at this point, I think you, you still need to give playing time to the to the guys like um, Nelson Valacruz, Chris, Christopher Morrell. Christopher Morrell in the lineup every day. Nico Horner. Yeah. Seeing if you can... Uh, How about Madrigal? Madrigal, yeah. Nick Madrigal. Coming back this week and, and looking okay. And I mean, you gotta let them struggle. No matter what. I mean, at this point, the record doesn't matter. Nope. So whether they're struggling, whether they're hot, 
put him in the lineup, but at the same time, worry, baby, and see what you get from the guy we got back from the Dodgers in the Chris Martin trade, the only really major leaguer that we got back yeah. from our reliever trade. Uh, Zach, Zach McKinley, I think it was, or McKintree. Guy can play a couple of different positions. He was hitting over 350 in uh, AAA for the Dodgers. See what he can do. Yeah. See what he can do, play play him around play him around the diamonds. I think he can do the corner outfields and uh, first, maybe even second base. So yep. mix and match, see what you can do, and uh, don't be too worried about the uh, the end result of the game. You're you're speaking my language this year. That's what yeah, they. I mean, it's it's going to be tough the rest of the way out. Yeah. Because now we don't have a back end of a bullpen. So nope. once that starting pitcher exits. You don't, it's a roller coaster. We were able to beat the Marlins, but that's because it's the Marlins. And I think the Marlins are a better team this year. They're still the Marlins. So, okay. Um, let's talk. So before we get to the trade deadline, Mike. Yep. Two against the Marlins. Three against the Nats, who are also another team that kind of got decimated by at the trade, torn down at the trade deadline. And then we got the Field of Dreams game on Thursday, Mike, with the Reds. I don't get to be at the Field of Dreams game, Rich. Your number didn't get called this year? I haven't gotten it yet. Then again, it was the day before that my number got called last year, so. Yeah. I've, if it if it uh, gets called, you coming? I will take it. I'll, I'll have a more. I will actually talk to my wife before I make the decision of, of yes or no. Um, if, 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 uh, if I have permission to buy the tickets either way. Yeah. So the tickets will be, if I get called, the tickets will be bought. It's whether you're meeting me or someone else's. Gotcha. So, so. how many wins are you giving them this week, Mike? Um, you got 16. We're going to win in Iowa. That's it. One on. <laughs> the only game we're going to win is in Iowa. to give them three wins because the Nats pitching staff is just as bad as ours. Okay. And we don't have to face the car, the, the Marlins' best pitcher in uh, Sandy Alcantara. And I, I agree. I think we could pull out a win at the Field of Dreams games. I think that they, with it being on national television, eyes of the nation on them, they would want to put together the best pot. They, I, I could even see them trying to set their rotation so they have their best pitcher on, on the national stage. So I'm going to go three. Yeah, but we don't have an ace. No, we don't. I, I, either way, I don't, I don't, ca- I don't trust him at all. So, okay. No, yeah, we haven't had an ace since we let, since we traded away John Lester. So, um, Rich, are you ready to get your passport? I mean, I don't care. I I want to. I want to go to London. So you want to go? Sure, sure. Why not? 
So the Cubs and the Cardinals will be in London in 2023. They were supposed to go. You know, if I get tickets, you're I'm, I'm holding you to that, right? <laughs> you, you, it's recorded. We're doing a show from London. We're doing a show from London, Rich. Whatever you say, Mike. Whatever you say. I'm get, I'm gonna get me some tickets. Okay, so they're going to play in 2023, June 23rd, 24th, right? Uh, yeah, June 24th, 25th, sorry. 24th, 25th, Wembley Stadium. Yeah. With a baseball layout. Yeah. I, I don't get major leagues. I don't get major leagues. I go, go into Europe. Nope. London, England. Do oh, Japan, do yeah. Mexico, do Cuba, do Dominican, do Honduras. Korea. Korea, Korea would be great. Heck, and even those, Ch- China. Yeah. And the those China, all make sense. Taiwan, yeah. China, Taiwan, Japan, Korea. They already have baseball stadiums ready. Gunner, yeah. You're not trying to retrofit a soccer pitch to fit a baseball diamond onto it. it. You could do a cricket pitch. Yeah. But it's the same thing as a soccer pitch. So, Yeah, I don't get it. I don't think it's a good idea. I think uh, it's going to be people like you and me going to London because we want to go, go to London, but we also want to watch a Cubs game. Yeah, and I just I don't I don't know if the Cubs Cardinals I mean I can understand when they put the Yankees Red Sox over there because whether the Yankees are playing good or whether they're just average they get the national attention because everybody knows who the New York Yankees are. Yep. I don't know if Cubs are C- Cubs are one of those teams though. Cubs are one of those teams that have enough of a following. So are the uh, so are the 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 Cardinals. Those two teams are teams that are nationally followed. So within the U.S., nationally followed. But as bad as I mean, the teams are kind of average. The Cardinals are always in the hunt for the playoffs. But I think if you flew over to London, man on the street asking, "Hey, are you going to go to this Cubs game? Or who's your favorite Cubs player?" The players that the players are going to be named probably aren't guys that play for them. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I don't know if they're banking on it being kind of like a destination game of yeah people fly over to London and watch this team and go and watch Doctor Who stuff. Yeah. Or if it's trying to attract new fans, trying to attract new fans, or not. So. uh, Um. Okay, now let's talk trade deadline. Rich, uh, this was a pretty quiet trade deadline. We had one major trade. One major trade. Uh, And I I would argue the best player this year in baseball. Second best. Second best. I take it back. Second best player in baseball right now. All right. 
Um, so, but yeah, I mean, this trade deadline, it, it was a lot of relievers. Yep. Open heaps, open arms from bottom feeders going to the playoff contending team. Um, so let, let's start with the Cubs deal. So they traded away Scott Efros, who was kind of like a 4A player to the Yankees for a minor league a minor league pitching prospect from the Yankees. Chris Martin went to the Dodgers um, for um, Zach McKinley, a guy that was in their AAA system that's having a nice season. Yep. So he's on the major league roster. And then they traded away Mikel Givens and David Robinson to the Phillies and the Mets, respectively, and got back minor league players. Yep. I don't know who they are. I don't know where they rank within the minor league rankings of those teams. But it, So I think it amounted to we traded away guys, that we, veteran relievers that we signed on a one-year contract and got maybe – and we got a scratch. We got a scratch-off ticket back in return. Yeah. See if the guy pans out or not. But it was still worth it. It, it was still worth it because that's why those guys were signed. Yep. If they, if they performed well, we flipped them and traded them away to a contender. If they didn't, they were going to get released. How about the biggest thing to come out of it? We didn't trade Wilson Contreras or Ian Happ. Yeah. I, I was I – was, I wasn't expecting Hap to be traded since he's still under control for another year. But Wilson, I was so surprised about. But it seems like, from what I've heard about it, it seems like if maybe the front office had a package in mind that they would be willing to accept if they were going to trade him. And the, that, that deal never came through. They didn't get what they thought they, he was worth. Yeah, I... So I guess they're they're willing to accept a compensation draft pick if he doesn't resign if he signs somewhere else because you know he's going to get a qualifying offer. Oh yeah, at which, which he'll reject. Yeah. Um. So let's get to the big deal: Juan Soto going to the Padres. Uh, the Padres not not only Juan Soto didn't they get like a couple of guys at the deadline. They, the Nats, uh, oh no, the Padres, yeah, they also got uh, Josh Bell in that yeah. deal with Soto. He was an all-star this year. Uh, they traded away Eric Hosmer's contract to the Red Sox because he didn't want to accept the deal to go to Washington. Yep. And the Padres also got Josh Hader and Brandon Dreary. Yeah, that team seems to be... Man, they are attempting to make a full-fledged run for the playoffs this year. Oh yeah, definitely. Would you would you want to have to face a lineup potentially one through five, which is going to have Tatis, Soto, Manny Machado, and Josh Bell? No. One through five. One through five. No. Like starting the game. That is that is as near to a murderer's row as we've seen in years. I I would argue since the early aughts Yankees, we have not seen a murderer's row like that. They're going to be a tough out. So 
in the odd event that they get matched up with the Dodgers after getting out of the wild card round. Yep. They lose. Is it still a successful year if they don't make it to the championship series to maybe lose or play the Dodgers? Or is this World Series or bust? Is this a World Series or bust team? The hard part is you because uh, you still gotta go through the Dodgers. Yeah. And I think if they if they can at least if they make it through the first two rounds, it's not a failure. And the Mets are coming back in the form as well. They yeah. Can, they they picked up a good bullpen piece and givens from us and they get Jacob DeGrom back from injury. So they're gonna be a tough out. Yeah, it's gonna be Man, it's going to be a rough year uh, for teams that aren't making, that aren't spending money, and those teams that are spending money and, and making those huge trades. Man, West Coast baseball is where it's at this year. It had always been East Coast baseball, but this year, that LA San Diego three hundred miles has some of the best players in base, like I would say the top five ba- play- best players in baseball right now, at least. So yeah, I mean, the, the National League side of the bracket could be really, really good. Yeah. it's When you could, in theory, have the second best team in baseball being your first wild card. Yeah, I think, I think the Padres, even if they... It it can't be wild card or bust for any of the teams in the in the NL because the National League is so good. So, um, okay, Rich. Uh, anything else at the trade deadline before we get into our title topic of the evening? Um, not really. I guess. Um, what do you think of the Royals? Blue Jays trade. Whit Merrifield gets traded to the Royals, gets traded up to Toronto. Yep. You know he's not vaccinated, and he's getting traded to the team where you need to be vaccinated to be able to play in a home game. Um, was it a risk, or do you think that there was already some talk between the team and the player saying, hey, we, we really want you on the team. We really think that you could be a good a good fit on this team, would you would you consider getting the vaccine before we pull the trigger on this trade? Or did they accept the trade? Hopefully, did they make the trade without talking to him to find out if he would get the vaccine before they pulled the trigger? I would there's a, that's a, I guess my main question is would that count as a physical requirement that he has to pass his quote-unquote physical in order to be on the team. I hadn't thought about it that way. To where they could nix the deal if that was part of their physical, that you had to have to. And I would think you should, I mean, if you can't do that, I think that's wrong, but I think I think they, w- they should be able to, and if they do, yeah, I would say that would be my argument. That he... I think that's what he's got to do. 
He's got to he's got to somehow make it pass his physical. I would guess that in in Canada, part of the physical is that you have to have your your contract your your uh your your vaccine started. So that would be my guess slash argument how how the Blue Jays are getting gonna make it happen. Um, and then they talked to him beforehand. They said you you you're getting vaccinated, right? And if he does says no, then they'll cancel the deal. I would guess that would be part of the physical on it, but who knows? All right, that's fair. All right, Mike, that's really all I got on the on the deadline deals. Anything else before we go over to the NFL to talk about the AFC North? Well, uh, you have it in quick hits. I'm going to bring it up now. Um, okay. Legendary broadcaster. Uh, Vin Scully passes away at the age of 94. You know, and, and Rich and I talked about it this morning. We didn't, I never listened to a lot of his, his announcing. I, yeah. I know some of the massive highlights that he has done. And I got to watch him on the baseball uh, documentary series but seriously I am not I, I don't I, I don't know that I've ever sat and listened to a full game of his because if if he's if he's announcing a game against the Cubs I generally will listen to the Cubs game but I know I like there's highlights of his that are just amazing he called the catch the Joe Montana catch. He called uh, the amount of stuff he he has done in his career is amazing. Yeah, um, the '86 World Series, the ball goes under Buckner's legs. Yeah, goes between Buckner's legs. Yeah, that's the one that um, that's the one thing that comes to mind when I was. I mean, they when they were kind of it was a cross promotion of open calling. Getting, hearing that call is a part of um, Vince Scully passing, but also kind of highlighting the hate. That's the entire documentary of of uh, sixty-seven the, the years. Sixty-seven years. He announced for the uh, for the Dodgers. A lot of those years, also as a solo man in the booth. Yeah. No partner. Yeah. Um, but 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 it is totally true. If we don't have that experience, don't, don't have those, maybe like a clear cut memory of they. I remember watching or listening to this game, and him call that game because yeah. Even when he was involved on national telecast, maybe calling the World Series, calling a football game, he wasn't doing that when we were watching. Yeah. Watching nationally broadcast games. I mean. By the time you were born, Rich, he'd already been doing it for 40 years. And what was crazy is that he didn't start with the Los Angeles Dodgers. He started with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Right. (laughs) He was on that midnight train to L.A. It's... Oh, man. There are things... But if you ever got to hear him speak outside of baseball, even if, and and from from 
from listening to some of his games since he's passed, because I've I've sat down and listened to a game uh, since he's passed. He loved telling stories, and he loved talking about that. I'm just a kid from, and I don't remember where he was born, but I'm just a I kid. Thought he, I thought he was in, in New York City, one of the boroughs in New York City. No, no, no I don't think so. Um, sorry, folks, this is where we kind of trail off. I thought he was from... No, born in the Bronx, grew up in Washington, the Washington Heights oh. section of Manhattan. Wow. I did not think he, I thought he, okay, you were right. I, I totally was wrong. Man, okay. Yep. In Scully. So, uh, yeah. The Cubs played tribute to him today by oh, playing his recording of singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game on the Jumbotron today, the first home game after his passing. And uh, he's getting a shoulder patch. Uh, the Dodgers will be wearing a, a uh, shoulder patch with a microphone with VIN uh, scrolled uh, over the top of it for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, um, our, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I will admit I cried a little bit when I heard he died, mostly at the fact when he, uh, they replayed one of his, uh, interviews on the Dan Patrick show and I was listening and it was one of those things that was, man, it was so good. So, um. With that, let's close out the diamond and go to the gridiron. Uh, this week we found out the actual suspension for Deshaun Watson. Six games according to the judge that had been put in charge of it. Uh, the NFL has officially op appealed it, and it will be being heard by a former attorney general who, <clears throat> excuse me, who for the past five years has been helping teams and leagues figure out their domestic violence, or, yeah, I think it's the last five years, has been helping teams with their domestic violence policies throughout the, the country, or throughout the, the major sports in America. Um, we'll see, the you have on here that the PA, the Players Association plans to sue the NFL for filing the appeal? Yeah, that's what I had heard when I originally, when I first saw that the NFL plans to file an appeal, the NFLPA was actually going to sue them. Now, for for going against their for for going against their own policy. Yeah, I think that would be the the where they have the case because the policy states that it's going to go to this third party person to make the first ruling, and then the second ruling is going to be made by. Roger Goodell himself. Or his dignitaries. 
or him designating who is going to hear the appeal. Is that what it says? Yes. Well, then they're screwed. They're not going to win that case. Um, you can either go to get either Goodell, Goodell writes Goodell in the NFL writes the appeal, and then they're the ones that basically have the, the final one that say. Makes the final decision, or he can designate somebody to. I think make that's the decision on the appeal. I think both. I think him designating someone is the right move. Um, I think the way that it's played out has been perfect. Uh, I think that this guy will look at it. And, and so let's first talk about the original judgment. Okay. The judge said, I'm here to arbitrate and to make basically, and I'm paraphrasing, but she said, I'm here to arbitrate these things. It's not my job to change your, to make a precedent for what the, what these, these, uh, cases are going to look like in the future not her job to do that so she's basically saying it's not her job to to change how the rulings have been made in the past she looked at the past she looked at people like ben roethlisberger and and uh zeke elliott and said six games is what the average is for a first time offender first time offender that's the key i think in this appeal what are your thoughts with how she interpreted it, of looking at it, of not wanting to, I think she approached it from a very legalistic point of view as yep. a judge, as a former federal judge and also a prosecutor. I think she was a prosecutor as well. Yep. You can you cannot you can't bring your personal feelings into it. You have to look at all right, looking over at the league history and the evidence that you've given me to to make my decision she deemed it as non-violent sexual assault yep. not violent sexual assault and looking at the types of suspensions that were issued in the past six games is what she came out with six yeah. games was the maximum amount yep. for that could that- she have gone could she have gone higher based on the sobriety of the cases yes and i think because she didn't go higher that's why the nfl filed the appeal but i but I at least before the NFL made the decision to file the appeal, I did like what the NFLPA said, saying that regardless of how this turns out, we will support the process that's in place and will support the suspension and will not appeal it. And we and we would ask that the NFL do the same. Yeah, I oh, man, I think it's I think it's rough. I don't think he got enough. But I think the way she got to where she where she got was correct. Yeah. It's so, and and she's she's making the correct call. It's not her job to change the precedent. It's her job to interpret the rules as they are laid out, and to follow the precedents before her, which is what she and did. She even said, and she even said, I mean, the NFL doesn't have a strict black and white policy yep. for how you suspend a player for sexual assault allegations. 100%. It's all been on, it's all been on a case-by-case basis. Yep. And and I think that's that's why the league is appealing. A, they want a big... So, my big argument against her judgment mm-hmm. is 
it was a first-time offense with the first complaint. The second complaint is a second-time offense. The third is a third offense. And what they presented to the judge, the fourth and final case they presented, means he's a four-time offender. But she interpreted it as a first-time offender. She interpreted all four as a first-time offender. Now, what the league theoretically could do, bring a second set of four to this case. Make that one, if that if she wants to call that the second offense, call that the second offense. By the way, they have 64 massage therapists that they have records of, and they say that there's probably more. And the Houston Texans settled with 30 of them. Deshaun Watson has you, settled with 24 of the 25. You so can do is, this... If you, you can only, with the non-disclosure agreements that have been signed because of these settlements, could they turn around and go to four new people that they had not interviewed before to talk about this because that non-disclosure agreement prevents them from talking to, talking to anybody about it? I think the non-disclosure prevents them from talking about it in public and probably, I'm going to also argue that it probably prevents it from happening about what the settlement is. They are they should still be free to share, especially if it's in a in a courtroom or a trial mentality. I think they should be allowed to. Either way, even if they take out the ones that have been settled with, you still have 64 people who have been victimized by him. You could do this 10 more times. I think this this appeal is going to be the end of it. I think he'll probably get a year and a $10 million fine. I doubt he's going to get the indefinite suspension that the NFL wanted initially. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they push for because the first judge basically said, yeah, he deserves to get the book. Like, what the NFL is arguing is correct but I'm going only on the precedent. Now, this second person has been asked to make a judgment on the case and make a punishment that fits the crime, not that fits the precedent. Is that the right way to go, though? Because they've talked about, well, if you're going to change your policy, you need to give notice to, notice to the players and the players' union to say... From here on out, in the odd event that this situation ever comes up again, this is going to be the new. This is going to be the new policy. This is going to be the new policy. They brought up what happened with Ray Rice when he, when he was initially disciplined. That By the way, that was what Ray Rice case was done. Well, yeah, and how long ago was that? That latest case, not the initial case, but the latest case. I'm sorry, that was Ray Lewis was the, the other the one I was thinking yeah, about. Yeah, Ray, Ray Rice. Ray Rice. That case was only like five or six years ago. And what? I think that Ray Rice's was domestic violence. Yep. And they put out a new dis- dis- domestic violence policy on how those 
Yeah. Those punishments, what you handle and what the policy is. Okay. So let's get into the AFC North. Speaking of Deshaun Watson, if you are the the Browns, what do you do? Like you've already I shot hope, yourself in the foot. I hope it's six games. Okay, you hope that it's six I hope games. It's six games. But and... but you know it's probably more than that. If it's six games, I think they have a chance that they can still make the playoffs. I think they do too. Because of what? Because of who they play in those first six weeks. If it's a year, do you go after Jimmy G? If he gets released. I don't think that they have – I don't know if they have the cap space or the resources to try and do a trade for him. If it is – if it's indefinite suspension, do you go after him either way? Because doesn't – if it's an indefinite suspension, that money comes off the books every year that – officially it comes off the books for the first couple of years. Like it's not part of it until you get to X amount of time. So if you're the Browns, what do you do if he appeals the appeal and sues and goes into federal court where it could be a week-by-week basis on whether he can play or not? Yeah, do that's going to... play him if he's eligible to play, or do you have to tell him that, no, we, we, we can't do the week-to-week with you until this gets settled, you're, you're on the bench? I would argue, and I, I would guess that that won't hold weight. Uh, we've seen NFL cases in the past go to the courts, and the courts say, we want nothing to do with it. You guys handle your business. That's that's how it's been handled in the past. Yeah, because eventually the players drop, the, drop it, and they serve the suspension that was issued to them. Zeke Elliott, I think, was like that on whether week to week it was tomorrow. Is Zeke going to get to play this week? Yep, he's going to get to play two or three games, two or three games before, two or three days before the game. You'd find out, yep, he's going to get to play. Yep. And he played, but eventually he dropped the he dropped the federal suit, served his suspension, and then came back later on in the year. Yep. So who in the AFC North, who right now do you say wins the AFC North? I'm going to give it to the Bengals. I really like what they've done. They've improved the offensive line, which was their biggest weak spot. And let's say Deshaun Watson's only six games. Do you think he then has the opportunity to make it make it so that they uh, they have a shot? I don't think they would have a shot at the division. I th- here's my here's my hope slash concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna say I think the I, I I agree with you. The Browns win the division. Um, no. Bengals? Or Bengals I, I win the division. The Bengals were going to take the division. Yes, I agree. The Bengals are going to win the division. Uh, I my hope is that Deshaun Watson gets put on the commissioner's exempt list, and they an indefinite suspension basically, and uh, they pick up Jimmy G and he does really well. That's what my my hope is. A because I think Jimmy G deserves a little bit more than what he's gotten, and B because I think the Browns have a good team and I think they deserve more than. I think the fan base deserves more. I think the ownership deserves exactly what they're getting, and I hope that they burn in a pile of poop. I think that the thing is you're not hearing any 
like negative feedback from Browns fans. They're glad to see him out there in practice, yeah. cheering him on. But so when I was thinking about it, even if he goes in, he's going to take his booze. Yeah. So when he's go, when he's coming back this entire year. But the thing is, winning cures all. If it does. Wins, if he wins, people are probably going to forget about this. Yep. Yep. No, it's totally true. Okay. Um, what um, do you, is has Mitch found his home? I don't think so. I would say that he found his home, but then they went and drafted Kenny Pickett, and he was the only quarterback chosen in the, in the first round. So I think Trubisky is going to be used. I, I think Trubisky can start the entire year if he can hold the offense together. Yep. But next year, he's probably going to have to look for a new home. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then um, what do you think Lamar Jackson is going to do this year? I think he's gonna have a good year, but I'm still kind of confused on who's throwing the football to this year. Yeah, Mark Andrews will have a good year as he always does in that offense. Till Baltimore and gets it, gets gets their their receiving core in order. I don't think they're gonna do anything. But look, he's also playing for a new contract. That's true. He, he he's playing for a for for a contract, so I think he could have a really good year. Um, one last thing on Deshaun Watson. Six-game suspension, do you take a chance and draft him in a fantasy league? I've said my policy on drafting him in my fantasy <laughs> league, period. That's a no. I'm not no. drafting that man. If I can't trust my daughter in the same room as him, I, I mean, right now I can, but... In 20 years from now, if I can't trust my daughter in the same room as him without him expecting something from it, no. Parenthood changes the way you think of things. Yeah. Okay. I, I really, I, I've really thought hard about why. Right, could you draft around? Could you draft your quarterback room to put him on your roster to take a chance? He'll be available. If he's ready to go, if it's only six weeks, he'll be available week four. You'll pick him up week four. You might, if you're in a league and somebody's really chomping at the bit, you might have somebody pick him up earlier than that. But I think he'll. I think most people are going to leave him available, leave him absent off their teams until week week four, and that's when you're going to have who who's going to flinch first whoever has the highest waivers, whatever you want to call it, uh, who's on it first, it, it doesn't matter. That's where you're going to see him go. Okay. So. That's fair. Um, okay. okay. Let's head over to our quick hits. Uh, we'll still talk about the NFL as we have uh, three, two things from the NFL and a thing from the XFL. Uh, the Dolphins, speaking of penalizing people and players and stuff, the Dolphins as a team are getting penalized for tampering as they, um, as the NFL has taken away their 2023 first-round draft pick, I think, right? Yeah, the 23 first-round draft pick. The owner is suspended from a year from attending league business as well as I think they took away their COO as well, so the number two guy in charge. 
Wow. From the Saints as well, all because they they had three occasions of tampering between 19 and 22 with with having conversations with Tom Brady when he was under contract with the Patriots. And the agent for the then Saints coach, Sean Payton, about coming aboard. and But they did not find that they were guilty of tanking allegations, which was brought out by yep. Brian Flores. Yep. I, by the way, Brian Flores comes out as a saint in all of this. Uh, in testimony, both of the, of the owner and of Brian Flores himself, as soon as he found out what was going on, he's like, get me off this boat. I can't be a part of this. I want Brian Flores in Chicago. Yeah. Oh. Oh. And uh, uh, the owner is going to use some lose some pocket changes. He was fined uh, one point five million dollars. Oh man. As well. A, That's pocket change. A multi billionaire loses one one point five million dollars. Okay. Also, the NFL is getting ready to stream a or have a streaming service. For your local chat, your local teams. Yeah. So what's going to happen is you, you know, Mikey, you, you have you have you have the uh, the NFL. You have the um, I have Yahoo it up. Sports app, right? Yahoo Sports. App. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. And, and you know how you could turn on and watch the game that was being broadcast in your local market on your phone. Yep. Now, well, now you got to pay for that on NFL Plus. Ooh, okay. That's the only thing you get. You don't get an out of market game. You can't. See, that's not you, you want to mock that's that you want to watch. Oh, you get the game that would be on your regional television network over the air channel. Huh? Okay. Um, I think that's this is, is. I think this is them getting ready to have uh, basically selling the NFL Sunday ticket as a streaming package. I think that's what it's going to turn into. Because yeah, they're still that. under contract. That's why they can't. Sunday ticket is already a thing, and you can't get that yet. And you have to wait until blah, blah, blah. They have to wait until the rights are available. And then they're just going to turn it into a streaming service. That's what's going to happen, folks. Be okay with it. I'm, I hope that that's what it becomes, and I hope that, it, I hope that we get that. Uh, I think it's next year or two years from now that that Sunday ticket is available to go back out on the market and no longer going to be exclusive to DirecTV. Uh, that's when it'll become what everybody wants it to become. Well, actually, Sunday ticket, now that you mention it, Mike, is up for negotiations to where they're negotiating with a carrier to have that package. And they are saying saying it is going to go to a streaming platform, but it won't be NFL Plus. Ooh. So you see it either on maybe Amazon Prime getting it, or Apple Apple TV, or Apple TV probably getting it. Don't be Apple TV, please! Don't be Apple TV. <laughs> I don't want to give <laughs> Apple any of my money. I've never done it. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I'm sure I'm not sure if that will be behind a payroll a paywall to where you have to pay an additional fee on top of being a subscriber to that streaming service or if it'll be a general offering of something that you can watch on that streaming service yeah um and then uh 
let's skip over the XFL. We don't have to worry about that for a while. Um, we we did talk about Vin Scully dying, um, but last Sunday we lost a man who doesn't have enough fingers for all the rings he has. Bill Russell. And guy, uh, yeah, and they also uh, an individual that maybe gets passed over and overlooked when talking about the all-time greats in the NBA. Hundred percent. I think that I think the problem is I saw I saw Michael play. I've never got I like I I know I could probably go on YouTube and find games of his or highlights of his, but I've never gotten to I never gotten to watch him play play. So I, I still have Michael up there, but Bill after after this week and watching some watching highlights. Bill makes a good argument for why you why he could be considered one of the greatest of all time. So, um, and then uh, finally, Brittany Garner uh, has been sentenced to nine years for possession of cannabis oils uh, in Russia. Um, suspected that it is actually that the sentence is more of a grab to. Uh, attempt to to get the U.S. back in bargaining uh, talks with the with the U.S. to uh, free some of their um, terrorist funding billionaires. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, by all means, the, the crime doesn't, the punishment doesn't fit the crime, whether they, whether it's so, an illegal substance so in the country or not. Time out. Time out. Okay. A let we need to you need to start looking at some of our laws mm-hmm. before we start saying the crime i mean there are people that have been twenty five to life on marijuana charges that's a thing yep. I, I can totally two agree with that. two uh Brittany garner russia is is known for being more harsher have harsher punishments in general and they are very heavy on illegal drugs in Russia. They hate them. They this is why their their laws are set up the way they are, and that's part of the laws is that they are extremely harsh. Now, I still think we go get them, and I don't mean just her. I mean anybody that's being held in Russia uh, on certain suspicions. Especially, we have a we have a former marine who went there on a vacation and is being accused of being a spy um and uh yeah that guy we need to go get i think we need so to there are, so there are probably people in in russian prisons for lesser charges oh yeah oh yeah they're definitely don't have the name but don't have the name notoriety of Brittany Drainer. Yeah. But I still think we go get her. I I don't it I here's the other hard part. If she was in the wrong state in the United States and had that with her, she could be arrested. Yes, she could. And she could get years in prison. But would she because she's a professional athlete? Yeah, okay, you're right. But either way, it, we, it, it's tough because you know that 
it, if she was going through customs, like if she, like if it got overlooked and they sent her on her way, she flew back. Wouldn't her bags have to go through customs coming back into the United States? Yeah, and there's and a good. She had that, and she had that substance in her bag. Yep. What would the punishment? What would the punishment be if U.S. border bordering customs? It's a good question. On her, on her person. Either way, I still think we go get her. I think there's. I don't think it's as cut and dry as that. Um, and and you know what? I don't care what she... Yeah, I just... Go get her. That's what I hope we do. Either way. So... Uh, I, I think they will go get her. Um, I, I just hope it's not just her being free. Yep. So, Rich... Any shout-outs for the week before I give my shout-out for the week? Um, I don't think I have a shout-out this week. I mean, you have one just tied in with mine. Okay, go ahead. So uh, I would like to wish my lovely wife a happy Dirty 30. Danielle turns 30 this, week, this Sunday, and uh, we're going to celebrate, have some fun, eat some corn, and uh, man, she's amazing. Great mom, great wife. Lets me do this every week. Every week she lets me do this. So, okay. Yeah, happy birthday, Danielle. Have a nice uh, birthday weekend. Hopefully, it's been a birthday week, uh, a birthday week for her. Um, but have fun this weekend, and um, and uh, we'll talk to everybody uh, next week. Uh, but before we go, Mike, we always got to let the folks know where they can catch us. Uh, if you're watching us live and you want to take us on the road with you, well, where can you find us, Mike? Well, you can find us anywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, oh, we're on all the major brands. Or if you're listening to us on those podcasts and you just want to watch us, but you don't want to watch us on YouTube, Rich, what should they do? Um, if you don't want to watch us on YouTube, you can always uh, check Facebook. out our Facebook Live our, our Facebook Live shows where you can interact with us. Shoot us a uh, a comment. You'll get a comment line. Sh- you'll get a comment shout out at the end of the show before we sign off and roll the outro. If you uh, if you don't like Facebook and would rather watch us on YouTube, uh, uh, look us up on YouTube as well. Okay. Let's Do we have it. any comment shout outs? Mike? We don't have any comment shout outs. We don't have any reaction shout outs. Thanks right. for joining us, folks. Uh, God bless and have a good weekend. Let's roll the outro. Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa. This is Balls and Sticks, the podcast with your hosts, Mike and Rich. <laughs>